0: Coming up today on the Matt Townsend Show, we are talking about getting ready for retirement. Now, I know what you're thinking. When you hear this, you're probably thinking about the money, the financial impact, but there is a really big psychological impact too. It's exciting, it's a little bit scary, and guarantee it will be an adventure because we feel like it's safe to say you haven't done this before. I'm Brooke Walker, filling in for Matt Townsend today, and we will be here to walk you through this topic and get the experts' opinions, all this and more, right after the news.
1: This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Newly released court documents revealed today the Newtown, Connecticut shooting took just five minutes. Over 150 shots were fired during that time. The documents also show the shooter had a large stockpile of weapons and ammunition not used for the attack. Spurred on by the tragic details, President Obama urged once again today, tears are not enough. He wants Congress to enact new gun control measures in line with suggestions laid out earlier this year by Vice President Joe Biden. U.S. military authorities confirmed domestically-launched B-2 bomber test flights over South Korea today. This is the first time military leaders have publicly confirmed bomber flights above the Korean Peninsula, a move meant to demonstrate the U.S.'s ability to strike in the region. Scientists are unveiling the discovery of new gene markers, which can help predict the likelihood a person will develop breast, ovarian, or prostate cancer. The success of the research is due to a massive international collaboration. In financial news, the S&P 500 index closed at a record high today, breaking a previous record set in 2007 before the financial collapse. The S&P is generally considered a better reflection of the American economy than the Dow Jones Industrial Average. In world news, Nelson Mandela is in the hospital for the third time in four months. The 94-year-old former South African president is being treated for a persistent lung infection. The United Nations has approved a new intervention force to help bring stability to the Congo. Skirmishes with rebel groups have plagued the African nation since the mid-90s. However, the brigade will only be established for one year. And banks in Cyprus are now open after a 12-day closure which gave the European Union time to broker a $13 billion bailout package. However, withdrawals are still limited to just over $380. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. And once again, as you can tell by the octave tonal quality of my voice, I am not Matt Townsend. This is Brooke Walker, a friend and colleague of Matt's. Matt is off this week enjoying spring break with his family in a location that's, I'm not jealous or anything, but it's at least 20 degrees warmer than where we're at right now. But we hope he's having a great time, and it's my pleasure to be back with you again today. I was here on Tuesday and I can't believe they let me in the doors again. That was very kind of them. So we've got a great show lined up for you today. And I'm surrounded by a great staff who's going to keep this going as they did on Tuesday. We have, of course, the executive producer of The Matt Townsend Show, Rob Sanders. Also circling up around the mics, student producers Madison Allred, Merritt Meekum, and Bryce Tobin. And behind the board, Skylar Hansen, are you awake? Very awake. Okay, good. I'm going to need your alertness throughout the hour. I will be very am just saying. I'm just saying. You guys, how you feeling? Good spring day? Yeah, pretty good. Super beautiful outside. I was going to say, who's been outside? Has yeah. everyone had a chance to soak in the sunshine?
2: It was pretty great. You know, just walking outside and it's like, ah, oh, I don't actually need a thick coat. Just a light jacket. No. <laughs> I
3: really enjoyed the walk from the parking lot into the building.
0: Best great two minutes great of your weather. day. weather.
3: I would say even 15 seconds. <laughs> Two minutes is a bit of an overestimate. It was great.
0: Okay. All right. Well, we realize that people are listening to us from all sorts of climates, right, and different weather conditions. But where we're broadcasting from today, the great state of Utah, we've had a hard spring, right, Rob? It's been well, kind of rough. And
4: there's nothing worse than right now somebody's in their car and they're looking through... Rain changing to snow on their windshield and going. Yeah, thanks, guys. Rub it in. Rub it in. We've been there. I understand. I, I feel feel for you. We've we've yeah. had that spring, and so I think that's why we're so excited about being seeing sunshine and being back in the 60s is because it's nice. So.
0: We're feeling it. Merritt, do you have a little bit of spring fever? Is that fair to say? I absolutely do. I yeah. cannot wait for it to be sunny outside. I'm feeling the spring fever. And one thing I thought was interesting, about this time of year, every year, you start to see a, a particular phrase and term trend online. And that phrase is spring cleaning. Anyone in here do the spring cleaning every year? Skylar just got a really painful look on his face. And I guarantee he's praying his mom is he's not like, listening. What? Cleaning? What's yeah.
1: that? Well, I, don't, I think as a college student that's not a real thing it's unless not a real unless thing. we some, we have cleaning checks every sure. so often except the apartments I live in don't check really ever maybe like twice <laughs> since I've lived there <laughs> so but saying- we, we still keep it clean it's just not like Okay, it's springtime, so that means we
4: have to clean. We
0: have to clean. Yeah. You don't
4: have to actually do spring cleaning because you move. That's what college students do, you know, every They year trash the so. place and then
0: they move on, right? Exactly. Any spring cleaning happening for you, Merritt? I always I'm always into spring cleaning. I just want to throw everything out by the time I get get to spring right you want to clean out the backpack clean out the desk everything i feel you well i took particular interest this year to the term spring cleaning as it continued to pop up on popular websites online because people are getting really creative with this term spring cleaning so i i have five articles that are online right now that relate to spring cleaning i want you guys to tell me if you would participate or at least read the article are you ready spring clean your house how to spring clean your house would you read that, Skylar? No. No.
3: <laughs> when, when all of your possessions take up the space of about a room, yeah. if even that, yeah. like spring cleaning my house, uh, it's ambitious.
0: Okay. What about spring cleaning your finances? Does that headline grab you? Is that intriguing?
1: I don't read many articles, to be oh. honest. <laughs>
0: oh, the highly educated Skylar speaks up from behind the mic. No, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Another one I thought was interesting, spring clean your tech. Spring clean your technology, your inbox, your emails, your text messages. Would you ever go through and purge and clean out?
4: Delete all your Facebook friends.
0: That's Rob's (laughs) idea of Facebook spring clean tech. Okay, spring clean your coffee maker was another article that's online right now. Again, kind of a stretch for the term spring cleaning. The one that caught my attention probably the most, though, was the article titled How to Spring Clean Your Soul. What do you think, a stretch on that one? I think I can see, see it. You can see bit. it? Yeah, kind of an maybe. emotional restart, recharge? Yeah, yeah, especially for us students. As we get to summer, it's like time to let go of all the stress. Yes. Just enjoy it. Now, Bryce is our resident psychology major, so I expect deep thoughts from him on this topic. How to spring clean your soul.
3: Well, I guess we'll say soul, your mind, your what makes <laughs> you you. How's that? Spring cleaning that.
0: Would you endorse that?
3: Uh, you know, I would. i say it's a great... There's a great uh, making it sort of a tradition, sort of a point in the year where, like, you take the time to, like, take inventory of what you have, what you need, what you don't need. Yeah. And maybe go see a doctor for, you know, a therapist or something, which I always encourage because people are like, therapists are silly. Why do that? And then we have problems down the line. so spring cleaning getting in there and taking care of that absolutely
0: talking it out and it's interesting because i think a lot of people would say okay i kind of do that in january right with new year's resolutions i don't feel motivated as motivated in january as i do in spring when the weather starts to change the temperatures the warmer temperatures start to set in i think that's motivating for people
3: absolutely it's there's the warmth the the good weather yeah. the reason to get outside you know exercising in january is kind of tough when you leave your place, and it's too cold, and you just want to go back inside and stay in there and not do anything. You want to hibernate? Hot cocoa, right? Hot
0: cocoa. We're coming up on spring break. I'm talking to college students, so any fun plans, really quickly, before we dive into today's topic? Any fun spring break vacation getaways in your future?
1: We don't really get spring break here. It's not
0: existent. Br- to... You get a couple days off, don't you? BYU believes in academics. <laughs> ah, I seem to recall as a student here, we got at least two days off. No.
1: We get Easter off, but that's on Sunday, so we normally get that off. (laughs) We always have that day off.
0: All right. Well, I am surrounded by educated and exciting student producers today. No, you guys, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Spring break around the corner for a lot of people. So there you have it. Five ways to get your spring clean on if you feel inclined to do so. Now, today's topic of the show, we've got a good show set up for you today. The topic itself, a little bit heavy. We're talking about how to get retirement ready. What is the first thing that comes to your mind, you guys, when you hear the word retirement? Retirement, Rob, what do you think of?
4: Age, 84. 84? Well, if you think about it, 20 years ago, the retirement age was 62. And yeah. Now it's like 67. and I'm hearing a lot of people talking 69. So if it goes up about 10 years every 20 years, then by the time I retire, it'll be like 84.
0: That's pretty good math. Merritt. what do you think about when you hear the, the term, the phrase, the word retirement, get ready for retirement? Admittedly, that's just so far in my future. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it crosses my mind very often. But I think it could be that way for a lot of people, even if it's not as far in their future as it is for me. I'm with you, and we're going to talk to some individuals today who will confirm what you just said. It snuck up on them. It came quicker than they thought. Bryce, any opinions on retirement? What are your thoughts toward that topic?
3: If I can make it there, I'll uh, I'll deal <laughs> with it then. Okay. Or I just, you know, who knows? It's a long time. Like Rob was saying, like, eh, 80 is kind of lofty as far as, you know, being able to reach it. But
4: what's What's kind of sad, though, is... Okay, we're all people in our 20s, and so we have dumb answers and don't understand anything about retirement. But I talked to my dad, who's in his 50s, and it wasn't until practically, it was like last week was the first time ever he started to talk about his retirement and how much money was in his pension and his 401 and whether it'd be enough and what year he could retire. But for the 55-plus years of his life prior to that, not one peep about retirement didn't even hit his radar.
0: We are hoping to jump start the conversation today. We're going to going to really dissect this show into two parts. We're going to talk about the financial preparations that need to happen but perhaps even, I won't say more important, but equally as important are the emotional preparations, how to get your soul, if we want to pull from that article headline, how to get your mind and your heart and your spirit ready for this retirement, this new age and stage in your life. And that's why I wanted to kick off this topic today by welcoming a guest to the show. Lara Tolacheck is the communications director with AARP, the Utah chapter of the American Association of Retired People. Lara, how are you?
5: Fine. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. I just want to point out we're just called AARP now because, actually, um, many of our members are not yet
0: retired. And that kind of gets into the topic I'd love to address. Thank you for that correction. That is so important to note because retirement really has changed. The look of retirement, I think, has changed. How would you describe what did retirement look like 10 years ago? Well, you know, it was interesting to
5: listen to your uh, your other 20-year-olds there in the studio because, I think when you think about retirement, it's it's kind of scary or sad, and you think, oh, so much of your life is over, and people worry about financial security, certainly, Mm -hmm. with retirement. And it's just definitely changed a lot, because people used to stay at one or maybe two jobs throughout their career, and they had a defined benefit when they retired, and now it's mostly a 401K where you contribute and it could go up or down. People are living longer, and you worry about having enough money, to last throughout your retirement. But what we're trying to focus on at AARP is really, hey, you know, you could retire from your first career and maybe you want to open a business or maybe you want to travel. And really looking at your life as not ending when you retire, but mm-hmm. having a new opportunity.
0: Which is why I love okay. the title of this new campaign that you've recently launched at AARP. It's a campaign called Life Reinvented. And I and, love yeah, that. Reimagined. re-imagined thank re-imagined. you. You've corrected me so many times. I'm sorry. Life <laughs> Reimagined. I love that, though, because it brings to mind uh, it's a very visual phrase. It kind of mm-hmm. paints the picture of what retirement can be. What's the purpose uh-huh. of this campaign? Well,
5: I think we want people to really when you talk about spring cleaning your mind and spring cleaning your life to think like, you know, you might be as I'm in my fifties, like someone's dad there, but you might think, well, you know, I might retire from the job I have now, but I still have a lot of interest, a lot of passion around something. You might get to the point where you think, well, a lot of my major expenses are behind me, educating children or paying off a mortgage. So what's next? And so what this initiative is all about is helping people figure out what they want to do for you know, it could be 30 years after
0: they their traditional retirement. Well, and the possibilities really are open, right? I mean, I, I came mm-hmm. across an interesting statistic. In 1964, the average age for someone to enter a nursing home was 64 years old. And today, well, it's 81. So there are a lot of years left to live, right? Right, right. And so I think what we want to, we want people to help.
5: We want to help them figure it out because I think a lot of people, believe it or not, not just in your 20s, but when you're older, you think, geez, you know, what do I do now? I don't know what I'm even qualified to do. Mm -hmm. And so um, life reimagined, and reinvented was actually on the drawing board, so don't feel (laughs) bad. Life (laughs) reimagined was really a way for people to think about what their skill set is. Yeah. Because you might not realize, you know what, I like working with one-on-one with people, or I like working with animals, or I I like things that are um, Mm problem-solving, or I like you know, doing something up with a nonprofit. And so it helps people figure out,
0: based on their skill set and their passions, what might be a good fit for them. Yeah, I, I love the, the purpose behind the campaign. I know you've been partnering with the Today Show on NBC to uh-huh. feature, you know, retirees who are really celebrating and like you pointed out, even reinventing, reimagining their right. life in retirement. So thanks so much for kicking off our show today on a positive note. We really appreciate it. Sure. Well, thank you very much for Nice to chat with you, Lara. Thank you. And we'll direct you also to the AARP website. I was perusing that yesterday, and it's an excellent resource, really some fresh, cutting-edge content and resources to help people ease into that new life transition. And grateful to Laura for kicking off the show, as I said, on a positive note. We want to have some fun with this topic. Again, we're going to be breaking it up into two different sections, how to get financially prepared and also how to get emotionally prepared. That's what we'll tackle next, how to get emotionally prepared for this new life, age, and stage. That when the Matt Townsend the show returns on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
6: The Cassini probe unveils a mystery in the sandy craters of Titan.
7: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
6: When is a moon totally unmoon-like? When it's Titan, one of the moons of Saturn. Titan is huge, about twice as big as Earth's moon. It's the only moon in our solar system we know of that has an atmosphere. And what an atmosphere it is. A smoggy orange haze of hydrocarbons that rains liquid methane into tarry lakes of primitive gasoline. The surface geology isn't what you'd expect either. It seems there's been a lot of erosion filling in the terrain, so craters are scarce. But is it erosion filling in the craters, or something more exotic? Between radar surveys and information from the cassini huygens probe, The Cassini team at NASA Goddard thinks that methane in the atmosphere rains down, infuses particles of dust into a sandy material that gathers into the craters. That stuff should evaporate away, revealing the craters, but the NASA team theorizes that Titan might somehow be renewing its methane supply. Since methane's a greenhouse gas, how it's produced and regulated is of keen interest for understanding our own climate, and not turning it into one like, Titans. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
5: Individuals suffering from fatigue, inability to lose weight, depression, anxiety, headaches, or poor circulation may have
8: Hashimoto's, the number one cause of low thyroid.
9: Red River Health and Wellness chiropractic physicians conduct extensive medical testing to determine the cause of these symptoms, providing a customized treatment plan for our patients. Red River Health and Wellness has two Utah locations in South Jordan and St. George and in Albuquerque, New Mexico.
5: Learn more at LowThyroid101.com. Red River Health and Wellness.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Brooke Walker filling in for Matt today while he has a few days off. Gave him a few days off to enjoy spring break with his family. I was texting him a little bit yesterday, and they're having a great time spending a lot of a lot of minutes by the pool. And I know those kids are keeping him active and busy. So we wish him a good week off. He'll be back next week. You're stuck with me today, but I'm sure glad I'm here. We've got an interesting topic we're throwing on the table. Dedicating this show to retirement. Now, before you say "Whoa, whoa," that doesn't relate. To me, that title of this show today, Get Retirement Ready, you might be in your 30s, in your 40s. Well, the point of this program today is to prove it's never too early to start thinking about retirement. So we asked the question, how many years away from retirement are you? Are you five? Are you 10? Well, if you work in a workplace, you don't have to look far to find retirement advice. There are senior level employees at every company, including right here at BYU.
10: I'm excited about retiring, but yet at the same time, I'm also nervous about it. I probably didn't start really planning for a retirement
9: as far as the income goes until I was about 50. Well, you
10: don't think about it because by that point, you, you're you sort of hitting stride and uh, feeling good about everything you're doing. And then I started putting more money away because it seems so far away. You know, people will come up to me and say, oh, are, you ex- are you happy or are you are you or sad? And I said, a little bit of both. Because there are a lot of people I work with that I've enjoyed. And there are a lot of people I will continue to enjoy, and I won't see them on a regular basis. Retirement never meant going home and sitting in a rocking chair. It uh, was doing something
9: different. I work part-time at a public radio station because I found that I couldn't just give up the career that I had for my whole life. The feeling of maintaining the identity
10: that I've grown up with. And I'm not employed now, but I'm very busy probably busier than I was when I was going to the office every day. I, I play in
9: a community band, and I, I'm having a small part in a stage musical.
10: What I am nervous about, though, is the adjustment of having less money coming in. Uh,
9: my grandkids in Indianapolis, they thought I'd be coming more often, and I, said, you know, I, you know, I tell them that, well, I, <laughs> I would love to, but I can't afford the, the travel to be there more than a couple of times a year.
10: You had the money, didn't have the time. Now I got the time. Don't have the extra money. <laughs> thinking about it and being prepared so that it doesn't sneak up on you. It reminds me of a time that I, when I was in school, that all of a sudden I got ready to graduate, and I said, "Oh, I'm graduating now. What?" <laughs> and that's almost what I've done with. Res- I, I kept thinking, "Well, yeah, I'm going to retire sometime, but I don't have to worry about that yet." Because when it sneaks up on you, then it really is a surprise. I think it's much more difficult. It's it's not an easy transition anyway, I don't think. I mean, I kept putting money in 401K, and I kept doing some other things, planning for retirement, but I never really fixed in my mind what I'm going to do after
9: but, um, I retire. I'm enjoying retirement. I, It was something that I didn't think about until uh, it really just about came about, and then I figured that it was time to uh time to hang up that part of my life and transition a bit.
10: But when when West retired, when Wally retired, when a lot of my friends retired in the last several years, I'm kind of going, I don't know how long I'm going to hang on. But then I just sort of kept going and going and going because I just didn't know what else to do with myself. <laughs>
0: That sets the stage for our topic today, getting retirement ready. I sure appreciated the candid responses of those individuals kind of reflecting on their pending retirement. And again, whatever age you are, it is in your future. So we're hoping to help you get retirement ready today. Now, the big man has just entered the studio. We've got Don Scheline. He's a station manager here at BYU. First of all, thanks for letting me fill in this week. It's been so much fun. It's
11: been fun having you here, Brooke. You've got a great team. Don't we, though?
0: You do. We really
11: do. You know, you think that it's all Matt, that he's so talented. No, no. He's... He's just uh, you know really when you get him off the set he's just a little squeaky guy that never says anything. It's the crew here that really puts it all together. This for. is
0: when I hope and pray Matt's listening so right now. So
11: Matt, he's in California. He can't hear any of this.
0: We got to keep him humble, right? <laughs> we got to keep him humble. No, we're yeah. grateful you joined us today because being the station manager here, you oversee I know a lot of college students, but you're in a different age and stage of life. How would you paint that picture?
11: Well, now first of all, if I could say that as one ages, you you don't think of yourself as getting older. It's mm. See, I'm still in a rock and roll band and I'm 18 years old or whatever. You, you just don't seem to have the, uh, you know, what other people see. When I look in the mirror, I go, whoa, who brought the old guy in here, you know? <laughs> but that's, unfortunately, that kind of mindset can stay with you. Uh, it did with me as far as uh, what do you do to plan for retirement and things mm. like that. You feel like you're going to be working forever and that you're going to be getting a paycheck or whatever and that, you know, why worry about that kind of stuff? But now that it's getting closer um, and I see, you know, people that I know that retire or uh, uh, my parents, for instance, as uh, they have gone into that stage and and, uh, what they need to do to budget or to maybe cut out doing something or other because, oh, we don't have that kind of income now. Mm -hmm. It starts to hit home.
0: Now, I, I am going to play my manners right. I'm not going to ask your age, but I'm going to ask at what age did you start thinking about this? When did that well, mind worm enter your brain?
11: There, there, There is a combination of things. One is that, fortunately, I worked for a couple of companies that just kind of automatically did like the 401K, the IRAs, different things like that. They kind of just said, hey, it's here. You really ought to just, you know, automatically do it. And so I did a few automatic things, mm-hmm. fortunately. Because they started working for me, even though I wasn't thinking, oh, I, you know, I, I wasn't consciously doing any real type planning. Right. Um, but the age that it hit me where I thought, man, I've only got so many more years left. I got to make the most of this because I plan to be healthy and live a long time after I'm not, you know, at a at a job. Um, that was maybe 50 Okay, around yeah, 50. Yeah, it's kind of that. I think 50 is a big one for when you go, whoa, five, oh, sure. whoa. That's the, the old age, isn't it? You know, it's, it's,
0: it's that life check.
11: Yeah, it kind of is.
0: Well, let me ask you this. If, you, if I were to ask you to summarize in one word your feeling toward retirement from where you are now, because you're young, you're healthy, you're yeah. kicking it. Are you oh, kidding yeah. me? Yeah. It's so far down the road. But if you were to summarize it in just one word as you anticipate retirement, what's your one word feeling that you would summarize it all up in? Not. Not, not happening. <laughs>
11: well, yeah. Well, it, and and I because I need more words and you know, okay. use okay. them right now Fair if enough. I may. Fair enough. Um, that uh, I've actually thought that for a while is that I am lucky enough to be in a job that I really like.
0: And you're good at it. Well, I mean, you can tell you. the passion. I, kind of, evo- I mean, you, you can see you admitting that passion. That you can tell you're in a job that you enjoy.
11: That's kind of you to say. I, and I, I urge everyone who possibly can get in a job you like because I don't want to retire. I'm not one of those kind going, man, I just can't wait for the weekend because I can do anything but work at that job. Mm -hmm. I look forward to coming back. I I have all these projects I'm working on. It's kind of like, okay, when I get back, I can work on this and that. And uh, So I hope I can keep that same type of employment and enthusiasm and everything going as long as possible because I'd still like to be be doing something like that. My my main concern is that I will just get so crotchety and boring that everybody around me will be saying please go home. No, I don't please. think I
0: don't think that's going to happen. I I would I, not that I am putting words in your mouth, but I sense you as someone who will carry that same passion into whatever stage of life you're in at the moment. Fair to say?
11: I hope so. I, I really hope so. Especially if they let me keep doing my rock and roll show. That, uh, we have a little rock show here called Through the Garage Door. Plug. Yeah. Plugging for the show. Plug away. Uh, it's your station. And, you can yeah, plug it, away it, as much well, as
0: you want. <laughs> it's not exactly mine. Well, okay. Um,
11: but uh, the, uh, you know you still get to play. You still get to do yeah. some fun things. So um, Did that answer the question? That did. You okay. did it
0: so well and you kind of set it up from a first-person perspective. So we appreciate that personal opinion. Thanks so much. Well,
11: you're welcome. And again, Thank thanks you. for
0: letting me hang out this week.
11: We love you being here and uh, I'm enjoying listening. It's
0: been so fun. Thank you. All right. That was Don Shaline again, the station manager here at BYU Radio, kind of giving us his thoughts and feelings uh, about retirement, about the years to come. And again, for him, it's farther down the road, but for many people, it's just around the corner. Now we are pleased to welcome to the Matt Townsend Show a special guest. Jack Tater is joining us. He is known as America's safe retirement coach. Jack, how are you?
12: I'm doing great, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me.
0: We're grateful you're joining us. This topic sometimes feels a little bit heavy, but you really put a positive spin on it and encourage people to look toward retirement with a smile on their face.
12: I I do. I do. I, I think that retirement is really the time that you've worked hard for. It's the time when you can realize all those dreams that you've worked really hard for. So I've tried to put a positive spin on it. There's been some negativity around the word retirement, but I try and put it in the context of, really, this is the next stage. This is something that you've worked hard to enjoy, and now I'm going to give you the tools to enjoy it, to its fullest.
0: I've really enjoyed, speaking of enjoyment, I've enjoyed reading excerpts from your book over the last couple of days, preparing for our conversation today. Uh, Jack has a book, Safe for Retirement, The Four Keys to Safe Retirement. It's really informative. I think it's really motivating. And one thing I found interesting about your book, Jack, you actually break down different personality types. I want to tick through these quickly if we can, and you can maybe give us a summary of what this particular retiree looks like. First, you, you categorize a group of retirees called the overwhelmed.
12: Right, and this is actually the, the largest percentage of people um, who are coming in and, and coming into retirement. These are the people who really kind of look at it, and they're scared. They're just kind of like, oh, my God, what is, what is ahead of me? And typically, these are the people who really need to spend the time and look at the financial aspects of this, because their concern is, am I going to have enough money to retire? Mm-hmm. It's usually the first thing you think about. But it's, it's for those people who are overwhelmed and scared about it, it's really doing the mechanics of writing down what you need, what you have, and really understanding whether or not financially you can retire.
0: The next group you identify as the resilient, who is this?
12: Well, these are, these are the people who are, you know, I say are kind of pragmatic and grounded. Um, they'll, they kind of believe they're going to they're gonna get through retirement. You know, a lot of people are saying, look, I can retire, but I can still work. You know, maybe I'll go work at Walmart, maybe I'll go work at Starbucks. If uh-huh. I don't have enough money, maybe I've done some good in investments and things like that. Um, but I can still get through this. So... This is, this is probably that second group of people who say, look, maybe I don't need a lot of money, but I can get through this and I can get through retirement and, and have a good time at it.
0: Perhaps we've already described you. I'm talking to our listeners. Perhaps you've heard yourself in this description. Jack, we're going to ask you to hang on the line with us for a few minutes if you can. We've got to take a quick news break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more with Jack Tater, America's Safe Retirement Coach. We're going to continue to identify what type of retiree are you and more importantly, how can you emotionally prepare for this transition? We'll be right back with the Matt Townsend Show on Series. XM 143, BYU Radio.
5: Here at BYU Radio, we want to create shows that connect with you. So if you're listening to one of our talk shows and hear something that resonates, call us. We want to hear your questions, opinions, and stories. Our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We would love to hear from you. Again, our toll-free number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Call in and share.
1: This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Court documents relating to the Newtown shooting were made public today and could lead to better understanding of the motives behind the attack. The release also shows the entire attack took only five minutes. In response to these new details, President Obama urged once again today, tears are not enough. He wants Congress to enact new gun control measures in line with suggestions laid out earlier this year by Vice President Joe Biden. White House officials announced today they will reveal the 2014 fiscal year budget proposals on April 10th. Republicans have been criticizing the administration for taking so long to make recommendations. U.S. military authorities confirmed domestically launched B-2 stealth bomber test flights over South Korea today. This is the first time military leaders have publicly confirmed bomber flights above the Korean peninsula, a move meant to demonstrate the U.S.'s ability to strike in the region at will. In financial news, the S&P 500 index closed at a record high today, breaking a previous record set in 2007, just before the financial collapse. The S&P is generally considered a better reflection of the American economy than the Dow Jones Industrial Average. In world news, Nelson Mandela is in the hospital for the third time in four months. The 94-year-old former South African president is being treated for a persistent lung infection. The United Nations has approved a new intervention force to help bring stability to the Congo. Skirmishes with rebel groups have plagued the African nation since the mid-90s. However, the brigade will only be established for one year. -year 15-year-old Malala Yousafzai has accepted a $3 million book deal to tell her story of being the target of a Taliban assassination attempt. Yousafzai also says she wants to tell the story of 61 million children who can't get an education. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Brooke Walker filling in for Matt today on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The topic of today's show, get retirement ready. And we are so pleased to be joined on the live phone line uh, by Jack Tater. He is America's safe retirement coach. He has a great book out, The Four Keys to Safe Retirement. Also a very helpful website, saferetirement.net. Jack, we were just talking before the break about the different types of people you identify in your book, the different groups of people heading into retirement. We talked about those who are a little overwhelmed. We talked about a group you call the resilient. The third group you call the iconic. Who are these people?
12: Well, the iconic and actually the fourth group, the savvy, they're somewhat similar. The iconic, now you think about those people who are retired that you know, this group is, are those people who probably have a pension, they're not worried about running out, they're generally optimistic, it's a great place to be, um, and we, you know, there are people like that. The reality, though, however, is we're seeing fewer and fewer people having a pension, but we're seeing those people who are able to uh, be prepared for retirement are in the fourth group, which is the savvy and they, they seem to be the best prepared. They may have suffered some financial losses, but they've taken control of their financial situation. They may have invested more conservatively, and they're more financially prepared in good spirits. They're living the dream. Um, those, it, those are really the people, I hope, who have read the book and have been taking a lot of the uh, retirement things to heart, uh, and they're living very well.
0: The fifth group you identify as the distracted. That doesn't sound good.
12: Well, it's, I'm not sure that it's not good. I think it's, I think it's a lot of us. I think that the research bears out that this isn't the largest group, but it is really the people, the group of people who kind of just, it's, it's flying by the seat of your pants attitude towards retirement. It's kind of like that guy in the commercial who wants to have a gazillion dollars for retirement. Uh, you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants. Are you prepared? Do you have a plan? If you don't, you really need to do that. So if, The distracted are really the people who need to sit down and take a look at this and say, this is something I really need to prepare
0: for. I want to talk to you a little bit about emotional preparedness, if we can, because so often the focus is put on, you know, being financially ready, which we're going to talk to a financial expert a little bit later on about some things you can do now to save up and stock up for retirement. But emotionally, Jack, does retirement sometimes take people off guard?
12: Oh, absolutely. You know, you've got to remember when you retire... You know you, the the beauty of it is that you get to live out all those all those things that you've dreamed about. The reality, though, is that you're going to lose friends and family. There are going to be very emotional times that are you're going to have to face in retirement, and it becomes very important for us having to deal with this. So so what I talk about in my book, and and I feel it's so important that I feel it's one of the keys to a safe retirement is to take a look at your attitude and all of these emotional aspects um, to learn to to learn how to deal with with when tragedy hits you or when bad news hits you. And I, I encourage people to take a look at their spirituality, just their whole attitude about uh, how they think and how they feel and perhaps how they're prepared to help others. It's a very, very important thing because what we find is those people who have tragedies in their life, the ones who survive it and are most resilient are those who have a positive attitude and have prepared themselves for dealing with these types of things.
0: So really step one is a visualization exercise of sorts, kind of visualizing what your life will be like. And is there some goal planning there too? I mean, visualizing what you want your life to be like?
12: Yeah, I think so. I think this is a very important thing. When I talk to people about transitioning to retirement, I really tell them, look, you've been running around your whole life. Take a quiet moment, sit down. And what I'd like you to do is think about where you want to be when you retire, that first day of your retirement, where do you want to be? Where do you want to be that first year? And really think about it. And, and don't just limit it. Dream, dream about five, ten, twenty years ago, twenty years from now, and what's going to make you happy? So I think it's very, very important. But what's very important here as well, Brooke, is not only visualizing it, but writing it down. I think it's very important for you to write down your goals, dreams, and what some of your desired outcomes are. It becomes very important because what we want to do is we really want to start to put together a plan for what our retirement's going to look like.
0: You also encourage everyone to plan a trip. It's a straightforward piece of advice. What does planning a trip actually do for us emotionally and psychologically as we ease into this next stage?
12: Well, I think it's I think it's a great thing to uh, to celebrate the transition because I think the reality is you're going to your whole life is going to change now. Work is you're not going to have going to work, so everything's going to change. So I recommend to people, after they go through the processes of visualizing, writing things down, and taking a look at their physical, social, emotional, spiritual growth, then go out and take a trip. Go and enjoy yourself, because your life is going to change, and it's probably a good thing that you mark this transition with a very good trip, maybe a trip to a place that you've always wanted to go to, but it's all about celebrating, and it's all about getting your dream life going.
0: I'll tell you what I really appreciate about your approach, Jack, and that is it's easy, I think, for people to try to rah-rah, if you will, around retirement and, and pump up the positive, which don't get me wrong, I'm all about the positive. But you also acknowledge, as you've discussed, there will be some moments of pain and transition. What's the key to fighting through those moments of sadness or even of loneliness and really pushing forward to a happy retirement?
12: Well, I think spirituality plays into it, and and I think what we find with a lot of people who get older, they start to think about uh, what their beliefs are and and where they feel you know just what their spiritual growth and spiritual life is all about and what I've seen is I've seen a lot of people kind of explore and kind of extend themselves spiritually to get a better feel for what they believe and those beliefs can really help you out but you mentioned a very important thing that that needs to be considered here is as you get older and as you are in this retirement stage the loneliness is a very key thing the most, one of the most important things you can do about retirement is build and nurture your social structure. It's very important for you to have friends and family around you because that will help you emotionally to get through the troubling times as well as to enjoy the good times that you'll have in retirement as well.
0: And how vocal should we be about the dreams that we've imagined, visualized, put on paper? Should we share those with our social circles, our family, our friends? How important is it to bring them into your retirement plan?
12: Well, I think it's very important to bring your uh... to bring your family into it and and i think a lot of people will do a lot of traveling and will do a lot of their new lives with their friends and their friends around them. So it's okay to share what you want to have happen to you in the future. You may find that you may have some other friends that say, oh, you'd like to do some bird watching? That's something I've always wanted to do as well. And you may have a partner to go and do these types of things. But it's very important to bring this up to your family as well because you need to be very clear, and this is probably a whole other show about just – the need to really sit down with your family and explain to them what what you want to have happen to you in retirement and talk to them as partners in this process as well so to have them understand that you know you may be going on this trip that may sound scary but you want them to understand this is something you want to do and you've always wanted to do so you don't want pushback from them you want support from them So discussing this with your friends and family, there's a lot of rewards for doing that.
0: You have some great advice, Jack. We're so glad to bring you into today's show. I want to make sure our listeners are aware of your website, asaferetirement.net. Personally, what led you into this field of retirement? You've since become America's safe retirement coach. You're an expert in your field. What led you there? I'm curious.
12: Well, it's interesting. Probably five years ago, I would would have never been writing something about retirement. I'm a market researcher, and I've done a lot of research in the area. But the reason I wrote my first book was actually out of the tragedy of losing my parents within six months of each other. And and what I learned from that is that people when they're retired the focus typically is on finances. Do we have enough financially. And what I recognized from my parents' situation is that they also needed to have a social structure, and they needed to have some of these emotional aspects in consideration as well, as well as the health aspects and the need to involve the family in all the planning. So basically, out of that tragedy came my first book, Safe for Retirement, The Four Keys, because I wanted people to look at those four aspects of retirement. Um, and since then, I, I think I've, the book has been well-received. My Uh, met with a lot of people, talked to a lot of people, and have given a more of a holistic approach to retirement than I think people have been looking at in the past.
0: I think it's welcomed. I think it's a breath of fresh air, if you will, in this topic of retirement. So thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us today. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation.
12: Brooke. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
0: That's Jack Tater, America's Safe Retirement Coach. Again, his book, The Four Keys to Safe Retirement, is available through his website as saferetirement.net. That concludes one half of our conversation, the emotional aspects of retirement. But coming up next, what many people think about when they hear the word retirement, and that's the financial side of this life decision, how to prepare now, 10 ways to prepare now for the next age and stage of life. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio.
6: Learning to see and understand air pollution is what the Discover AQ mission is all about.
7: This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future.
6: NASA has a satellite in development that will park itself in geostationary orbit above the U.S. and provide a full coast-to-coast detailed look at U.S. air quality through the daytime hours. Thanks to modern sensors and advances in processing, this satellite, called Tempo, will be able to monitor and report air pollution levels across the nation, critical information for people with health issues, first responders, hospitals, schools, and the transportation industry. Before Tempo can go to work, however, we need to teach it what to look for and to discriminate between pollution high in the upper atmosphere and air pollution down near the ground where it affects people. A NASA project called Discover AQ is gathering and interpreting that information. Targeting the San Joaquin Valley in California, an area with frequent air quality problems, the mission takes samples and observations from ground stations, tethered in free balloons, as well as high and low altitude aircraft to build up a 3D database of air quality conditions. The models built from this survey will make Tempo's future atmosphere observations, and particularly its pollution forecasts, more precise than anything that came before.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us.
5: What do you want to know? Kim Power Stilson has a whole list of things she wants to learn about. On her show, Talkworthy, she invites you to join her as she interviews expert guests, learning new things along the way. It doesn't matter if the subject is a serious thought provoker or just plain fun. If it's Talkworthy, Kim will cover it. Talkworthy airs Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. No, I am not Matt Townsend. Do not adjust the dial. I'm Brooke Walker filling in for Matt today. Matt, a good friend and colleague of mine. I worked for him many years in my day job as a lifestyle television host. So when he was out of town this week and asked me to fill in, I was so excited at the opportunity. And to tell you the truth, I've really enjoyed getting to know our student producers this week. They are very talented people. And one thing that became very clear very early was that Producer Bryce Tobin likes to rant. He's pretty famous for his venting sessions and he has opinions on many topics, including today's topic of retirement.
3: Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's Right. So let's pull apart the idea of an inheritance. Most of human history is filled with short lifespans. If you could make it to 40, you were in a very exclusive club. Somewhere along the line, we came up with the concept of inheritance to make sure our kids got our stuff after we kicked the bucket. Then people started living a bit longer, and someone got the idea for retirement. Think about it. You've worked for so long, then you just take a break and live off your labors for the rest of your life. And after that, your kids can have your stuff that's left over. It's a mutually beneficial result of both selfishness and generosity. What a wonderful achievement. But there's a problem nowadays. Retirement is still the goal, but we're living too long to retire like we want to. We hit the old and tired stage where retirement makes sense, but then we stay there for too long. Putting away enough to live for three or four years isn't quite as hard as saving up for 20 or 25 years. And then when you think about it, inheritance would have been pretty cool way back when. At my age, I would have already been getting my career off the ground herding goats or farming something. And then let's say my dad dies. He's not so old that he couldn't perform physical labor, and he hasn't lived long enough to have already used up all of his stuff. That same cycle continues. What a nice happy ending to that story. But notice how things changed. People only plan for their retirement, not their retirement and inheritance. The inheritance has become something of an afterthought, sort of a, well if it's there then cool but if not, don't worry about it. But today I think inheritance is silly. Because we're living so long, by the time we give up the ghost, our kids are too old to really get any value out of what we leave behind. You hear a lot of people get up on their high horse about how they plan on being penniless right before they die. And then they leave us to assume they mean to give everything away, but we don't really know. I won't lead you around. I'll let you know exactly what I plan on doing. I plan on spending everything on myself. Would a most people do when they turn 85? They celebrate the fact that they're still around. But that's boring. When former President George Walker Bush turned 75, 80, and 85, he went skydiving. That is how I want to live out the rest of my days. By that time, my money will have burnt a hole in my pocket for the past 60 years, and you know what? You can't spend once you're in the ground. The lazy, relaxing retirement was a pretty cool idea, and it got along well with the tradition of inheritance for a while, but I don't think they can get along much longer. And if that means I get to do more skydiving, you know what? I can live with that. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome.
0: He's out, but he's in. We've dragged the ranter himself. Bryce is in our studio right now. You had some strong opinions about that, my friend.
3: You know, I I would love... You see in the movies and you see the stuff like the historical documentaries They make a big deal about the the patriarch on his deathbed, you know, talking about how he's giving his stuff away. But, you know, I would love that. I don't think that's in my future.
6: Let me
0: just clarify. When you have a cute four-year-old grandson with big brown eyes looking you in the face and saying... Grandpa, will you buy me that ice cream cone? You're going to look at him and say, no, I'm going skydiving. I'm skydiving, right? Okay. No no shame. You can come with. Oh, Wait. very responsible of you. You
3: can't do that with Very
0: kids. <laughs> responsible of you. So you're okay knowing. I mean, if your opinion stands, your parents are not giving you a dime.
3: I'm pretty sure I won't get away with much. And and if it happens if it happens, I'll be too old for it to matter.
0: Nice. And I think nice. I think a
3: lot of us might be in that boat.
0: All right. I really enjoyed that. That was hilarious. Bryce, thank you so much. Kind of a lighter look at the financial side of retirement. We needed that smile. We're gonna get serious now, not too serious, because our next guest is a lot of fun and she does have a fresh, bright perspective and on the world of money, the world of finances. We're joined on the line by Amanda Christensen. She's a financial educator from Utah State University Extension Services. Amanda, how are you? I am wonderful. Thanks for saying those nice things about me. Well, you know I'm a fan of yours. And the reason is you make money and finances doable, manageable, and almost exciting. Well, I hope so. Baby steps. Any, everyone can do baby steps, right? I, it's
8: manageable.
0: Very true. You've taught me that. I imagine, though, as a financial educator, you get a lot of questions about the topic of retirement. Is that accurate? That is accurate, and all ages actually. So, it's accurate. Absolutely. Do you find Do you find people are preparing earlier for retirement now, knowing what's ahead? I feel like it's talked about a little bit more, just because some of the traditional strategies
8: for, you know, when we retire are not really available anymore. But there's always more to know. And it's always changing. So we have to kind of continually keep a conversation about it or else we can, things can fall between the cracks and we don't want that.
0: And we could have a lengthy conversation about this topic because I know it's huge. But for the sake of radio timing, we asked you to kind of whittle down your advice to a top 10 list. Amanda Christensen, again, we're talking to Amanda Christensen, financial educator at Utah State University Extension Services. We have asked Amanda to put together the 10 steps to get financially fit for retirement. And I want to dive right in. You've got some great nuggets of information here. Uh, Tip number one, you say, is to define your retirement. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so you probably
8: have some idea of how you'd like to spend your retirement. And that's been talked about with some previous guests that you've had. And you might think the first question would be, how much money will I need? But you can't answer that question financially until you answer the question, how would you like to be spending your retirement? What are your goals in retirement? You know, so so defining what your retirement looks like to you which might be different than what mine looks like or than what someone else's looks like. That's got to happen. I can't stress the importance of that enough. And I, I was just, I loved listening to your previous guest kind of comment on that. Because it's just
0: true. So it's, it is. It's so true. I, I noticed point number two is to take stock of your assets, both your financial assets, but also your talents and your hobbies. I want to ask you about point number three. You say we need to evaluate our health. How does that play into our financial preparedness? you do now so to get the most out of our retirement and life in general let's be
8: honest we want to be as healthy as possible so certainly taking taking stock and scheduling checkups or all of those preventative exams and and evaluating your health insurance needs or long-term care needs those all have financial consequences that we would want to to consider with with regards to our health so so we can enjoy our retirement right
0: Absolutely. We just heard from producer Bryce. He had some, you know, tongue in cheek observations about he's how he's going to spend his retirement <laughs> nest egg, so to speak. But there was one point actually he made that you agree with, and that is to pay yourself first. Yes, absolutely. We we have to take care of our retirement savings
8: before our kids or even our grandkids' college funds. They have a lot more time. Their window of time and the time value of money is in their favor a lot more than those who are on the brink of of retiring. So pay yourself first, absolutely.
0: An intimidating aspect of retirement can be that Social Security account, right? When exactly should we collect that? What's your advice there?
8: You know, the general advice is the longer the longer you wait, the better. So, if you can wait till that full retirement age, of you know the 67 currently, to start collecting your benefits, um, then you'll get more money. So, so you know that percentages decrease. You know, at 63, it's it's only about 25% of the benefit. And anyway, I mean, you, you mm-hmm. can get more bang for your buck if you wait till that
0: full retirement age. That's sort of recommended across the board. Which is absolutely what we want to do. More bang for your buck. We like the sound yes. of that. Your next tip is to create a retirement budget. Now, I imagine a retirement budget is slightly different than just a regular everyday living budget. What things should we consider when we're putting this to paper?
8: It is. And you'd be surprised to know, I, I really don't know that the majority of us actually track everything we we spend every month. But Doing that is actually pretty eye-opening uh, because we've got to know how much is, is going out. What are we spending our money on, and are we spending it on things that matter to us? Is that going to change in retirement? So taking stock of how much is coming in, you know, once we've kind of assessed all this, how much is coming in, mm-hmm. and then what are what are our goals, what are they going to cost us, those things we've defined already, And then how much debt do I still have? What debt burden am I looking at going into retirement? And then finally, investment allocation is so wise to look at making sure my investments are a little less risky as I approach retirement because I'm going to start drawing on that money. So we start looking more at our investments rather than, you know,
0: some of the other things we might
8: that a regular monthly budget might look at. I guess.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For a lot of people, retirement doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stop working. It just means they're ending that particular career choice and path, and perhaps they'll they'll pursue a different work endeavor, a different employment opportunity. And you say that factors into it as well. Absolutely. I don't think our our jobs define us. They're so much a part of who we are. They're not the
8: only part of who we are, but it's a definite contribution to to society and to us. So, we might want to leave the workforce and never look back. But others might want to enjoy a part-time job during retirement, and others might need to to to, to supplement income. So nothing is wrong with that. But determining, you know, where are we at with that? What are the pros and the cons? Mm -hmm. And then and then making those decisions. are are, are super important as
0: well. I would imagine most people are going to be put in a situation. Now, again, I'm speaking generically. There are some people who have planned, they have earned, they have saved, and they're set. But I think many of us will find ourselves in a position where we have to budget a little more carefully. And you say that's where you should really look at what expenses you can cut.
8: Yes, I, it's always a good rule of thumb throughout our entire life, and guess what? It doesn't change in retirement. Dang it! <laughs> so, so not so much a matter of what we have to go without, as it is a question of what am I spending my money and my time on, and are they the things that really matter to me? And if that's the case, then what can go? Yeah. What am I not? What do I? What can I do without so that I can enjoy these things that I don't want to do without? I, I think if you look at it that way it's a lot easier to find ways to cut
0: expenses. And as you work with seniors, what are some examples of expenses they are cutting to make that retirement budget stretch just a little bit further?
8: Well, I, I just wonder if some of our, you know, some of them might enjoy being out active a little bit more because they have this time during the day. What do you know? So maybe our cable, you know, paying for all of those cable channels isn't as applicable anymore. Maybe eating out becomes more applicable as we're, you know, associating with friends and, and family and have more time to spend with them. So maybe we'd rather spend our money there. So those are those are just some examples.
0: Any financial advisor financial educator will tell you to plan for the expected now now the catch here is when you ease into those retirement years, there are some unique unexpected situations that you say we have to plan for
8: there are and are you know are certainly are, are we adequately adequately insured across the board because there are still things that can go wrong with a, a home or an automobile or our health but By all means, there are things so still having an emergency fund to fall back on is is still applicable in these retirement years because uh, there's there's really nothing else, if you
5: will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even more applicable, really, at this stage of the game. Uh, As far as paperwork, you know, that's where I get overwhelmed. I've shared that before, the paperwork, the actual documentation of the finances. But you say that aspect can't be overlooked when it comes to planning for retirement. You have to look at that will.
8: You do, and it might not be – it's an important – it's an important form of financial protection that people maybe overlook because they don't view it that way. But legally, this is an enforceable document that will, you know, delegate your wishes regarding how you want your property distributed. And it can be updated or revoked at any time. Uh, but the nice thing is, is once it's out there, it's it's out there. And, and certainly take the time to talk with your family about it. Don't, don't write a will and tell no one about it. I mean, wills aren't for you when you're alive.
13: Right, you know? right, right. <laughs>
8: Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. So, so have a conversation. It might be a difficult one, but it's take a baby step and just talk about one piece of it with one somebody. I don't know. But. Yeah. But for sure, start there and, and realize that that really is a form of financial protection for you.
0: Absolutely. And like you said, despite the awkwardness or the discomfort that might come with that conversation, the idea of that particular topic, it's so important to do. So we appreciate you jump-starting that conversation for us today. I don't know about you, but looking at this topic has kind of got my mind going a little bit. It, I, I'm starting to think a little bit differently. Would you agree? I,
8: I, yes, I agree. I, I think it's never too late or too early really, to talk about this stuff with with a spouse or with children, with even grandchildren. I think it's just been a great day of some valuable
0: information. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for playing a part in our program today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, Brooke. That's Amanda Christensen, financial educator with Utah State University Extension Services, sharing her top 10 steps to get financially fit for retirement. Obviously, finance is a huge aspect of retirement, something people anticipate, even are intimidated by. So hopefully those baby steps, as she put it, those chewable chunks of advice will really help you no matter what age or stage of the game you're currently in. Well, we're not done with this topic. Coming up, what to do with all that spare time? The opportunity opportunity to volunteer has never been more open. So we'll speak to an expert about some volunteer opportunities that can keep your time busy as your schedule frees up a little bit more in that world of retirement. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. We'll be right back.
3: KBYU FM HD2 Provo. Parenting
4: has never been an easy task. And in today's world, it can be harder than ever. That's why Richard and Linda Iyer are dedicating their lives to educating parents and strengthening families around the world. Find out what Richard and Linda can do for your family Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on their show, Iyer's on the Road. You're on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk
1: about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Newtown, Connecticut school shooting, which took the lives of 20 children and six teachers, took just five minutes, according to newly released court documents. Motives behind the horrific attack could become clearer with the now public information. President Obama is urging the nation not to forget Newtown and asking Congress to pass new gun control measures laid out earlier this year by Vice President Joe Biden. In a statement today, the president said now is the time to turn heartbreak into something real. White House officials announced today they will reveal the 2014 fiscal year budget proposals on April 10th. Republicans have been criticizing the Obama administration for taking so long to make recommendations. In a show of force, the U.S. demonstrated its worldwide nuclear striking capability with a B-2 stealth bomber test run above South Korea. The move illustrates the U.S.'s dedication to protecting South Korea from any military advance by North Korea. In financial news, the S&P 500 index closed at a record high today, breaking a previous record set in 2007, just before the financial collapse. World news, Nelson Mandela is in the hospital for the third time in four months. The 94-year-old former South African president is being treated for a persistent lung infection. Pope Francis observed Holy Thursday today with the traditional washing of others' feet. However, instead of washing the feet of priests, he knelt before young men in trouble with the law. And 15-year-old Malala Yousafzai has accepted a $3 million book deal to tell her story of being the target of a Taliban assassination attempt. Yousafzai also says she wants to tell the story of 61 million children who can't get an education. That's the news to now here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall.
0: Welcome back everybody to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Brick Walker filling in for Matt today. Don't you worry. Don't you fret. He will be back next week with his fun, candid humor and his great relationship topics. So we're glad he's able to enjoy a couple of days off, a whole week off, actually, lucky guy, uh, spending some time with his family for spring break. But we're happy to be with you today discussing the topic, the juicy topic, get retirement ready. It has many of us here in the studio thinking a little bit differently about that age and stage that often comes later in life. So we've discussed the logistics of retiring, right? We talked about the financial preparedness that needs to happen, the steps you need to take to get financially fit. We also talked about the emotional aspects, but what about when you're actually there? The hard part is over. Now, what do you do with all of this time? Our producer, Madison Allred, shares with us one of her family's experiences with making the best out of retirement. Actually, technical trouble with that story, but we're going to pull Madison in. First-person story here, Madison, as we start to explore this topic. I'm sorry we couldn't get your story to play, but tell me a little bit about this personal experience and how it kind of shaped your perception of retirement.
2: Okay, well, you know, I just, I mean, let's just face it. I'm a long ways off from retirement. You're a
0: few years away. Yeah, I
2: mean, a little bit, you know.
0: (laughs) Madison is young and vibrant. She's our spring chick in the studio today.
2: There you go. So, you know, I, I was just saying, you know, like, I don't, quite know how it is but you know everyone looks forward to it you know you get to relax you can travel i mean wouldn't that be nice you know take a break i'm personally right now in school and i'm like huh spring break would be nice you know but you could have spring break all year long <laughs> It sounded Way good go. right now right yeah but um you know just the idea to me cuz i know some people they get into retirement it's good for about 5 years mm-hmm. but then right after that then it's like um you know i need to do something else so they kind of get into different projects. And I use the example of my grandpa. He just was a true Renaissance guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, he just loved doing all the stuff, smart, dance, athletic. He and made so, the
0: most of that time, right? You oh said yeah. when his schedule opened up, he really took advantage of some great volunteer opportunities.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like he would volunteer all the time at his church. Um he would do all sorts of crazy things. He was actually in a wheelchair, hmm. and so he was 82, and then, you know, he just
0: went on. It sounds like he really made the most of it, and we actually have your story queued up right, right now. So let's hear Madison's personal thoughts about her grandpa and how he made the most of his retirement years.
2: So I know I have a long time before I have to worry about retirement, but. You know, quite a lot of people, even my parents, are looking forward to the opportunity to relax, you know, kind of enjoy yourself. Well, that is great and all, but, you know, for some personalities, that lasts like five years, and then you get fed up and you have to go out and do something. My family is a prime example of this. For one is my grandpa Allred. He's a wonderful guy. I mean, I guess I am a bit biased, but, you know, I think he's great. He worked for the majority of his life for the Bureau of Measures and Standards, and then when he retired... He, you know, just lives pretty happily in his home in Boulder, Colorado, you know, gardening, building a zip line in their backyard, which was the best thing ever, and generally just being a great-grandpa. Then I'm not quite sure what the medical circumstances were, but, you know, he was getting older and so he was in a wheelchair for a little bit. Then one day when he was 82, he just decided that he was going to build a cabin for the family to use. He built that cabin up in the Red Feather Lakes area in Colorado with the help of his kids and grandkids. Now when I say built, I mean built. He was involved in every single aspect of the process. From the plumbing, to the wiring, the logs, the driveway, to the tile work, all of it. I still remember him standing around the concrete mixer and trying to get his hands dirty and wanting to get on the ladder that was two stories high to help paint the ceiling. He was just a go-getter. In all, it took about six years, but we did it. And what great memories! Growing up, I did not think of him as this older guy that wasn't much fun, but he was a cool grandpa that even though he was pretty old, he passed away last fall at 96, so he's getting up there, but he was full of life and was just a lot of fun. I also think that he had a tendency to think he was a bit younger than he was with the way that he wanted to help lift some of the bigger stuff when we were building the cabin and also the way he shamelessly flirted with my grandma. It was also mentioned that when my grandpa was older he felt more fulfilled because he had a purpose to his life and was able to experience feelings of usefulness and also to create joy in others lives as it has helped not just our family but other people too. Serving others can be a wonderful use of your time when you're retired and it gives a sense of purpose. You know, looking around for ways to help out and volunteer might be worth your time because who knows, you might just enjoy it and find it might be the best use of your time.
0: Love that story. So glad we were able to get that audio queued up. And I love that you just admitted your grandpa was a shameless flirt.
2: (laughs) I know he was. Totally in love with his wife forever.
0: So obviously we mentioned you are not anywhere near retirement. But Mm -hmm. what did your grandpa teach you in terms of service?
2: I mean, by far, just to pretty much save your whole life, but especially when you have more time. Because, I mean, he would even just tell us all the time, be involved, go do stuff, you know, because he 's just said that you become happier when you serve other people. And, I mean, totally did for him. Like that cabin, he knew that he wasn't really going to use it, but he built it for his kids, you know, his grandkids, stuff like that. And like I was saying, memories, you know, of going and playing over there. I mean, even we still go out there and play on the little pond sometimes and dunk each other in the pond. But, you know, <laughs> so it's it's great. And then he would always help out at the church, like if anyone needed help, and he would always go and do that, even till when he was very, very old. So
0: What a cool lesson that Mm -hmm. you took away from his life and his legacy. Thanks so much for sharing. No problem. That was great, and flirt with your wife is another good (laughs) message. There you go. I like that. Madison, thank you so much. That's producer Madison Allred here at BYU Radio, kind of setting the stage for the next chapter of our conversation. We want to talk about volunteer opportunities for retirees, because as Madison mentioned, the schedule opens up. The clock is a little more loose, a little more free. So welcoming to the Matt Townsend Show now, Autumn Thatcher. She's a communications manager with Make. Make-A-Wish, Utah. Autumn, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm fine, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No one knows volunteerism more than my friends and the good folks at Make-A-Wish. This is what you do each and every day, is to serve and to give back to your community. And you've identified some other ways that retirees can perhaps use that time to do just that, serve and give back. The first, you say, is to consider the local elementary school.
14: Yes. um, So, you know, I feel like that one's a pretty pretty easy way to get get started in volunteer work if, if people are maybe a little hesitant or anything because the elementary schools are all around us, you know? I mean you can just go to the the elementary school in your neighborhood and talk to the go in and talk to the front desk person and, and inquire about how you can help out. Um, a lot of schools actually do have a need for people to come in and read to their students. So I think, I mean, to me that sounds like a really fun way to get involved, just to go in and read to kids and just be around the youth in our areas. Um, and and also, you know, working in cafeterias or monitoring recess. Um, you know, the teachers have a big responsibility and the classrooms are getting Um, larger and so the help is needed.
0: Absolutely and you kind of hinted at that warm fuzzy feeling that fun element of volunteering in an elementary school but there is some serious research to back up the benefits of these children, these students having a mentor or having someone just to read with them for 10 minutes on a daily basis can make such a big difference so I appreciate that suggestion Next you say hospitals are a good place to go and I have to smile because my mom who is a wonderful mother and loves babies always says when I retire I'm going to go hold the babies at the hospital. I don't know if that's allowed anymore due to security <laughs> restrictions, but there are some great volunteer opportunities that you point out at your local hospital.
14: Yeah, definitely. And I love your mom's idea. I think that sounds awesome. Um, and and on along that line of thought, you know, as you know, Make-A-Wish, we we work with kids facing life-threatening medical conditions, and a lot of our kids um, have to go to the hospital regularly for treatment and things like that. And it's good they're surrounded by doctors and nurses and people running tests and and just kind of poking and prodding. And it's it's nice to have a friendly face there who's there just to help cheer them up, mm-hmm. you know, spend some time with them, help, help them come up with activities to do while they're getting their treatments, um, you know, and there's so many different ways to volunteer in hospitals, and and they have so many different needs that, of course, the starting point would be just going to a hospital and, and inquiring about their volunteer opportunities, but, um, you know, just being, spending time in the pediatric unit or or, like, your mom hopes to do, hold babies, you know, there's, so many different ways to get involved and you might find something that just speaks to you and that you find a lot of fulfillment um, doing.
0: Absolutely. I'm sure hoping our local hospital throws open the doors to her because she is just dying to get her hands on those cute little ones. And I have to say, I volunteered here locally quite often. I check in with our friends at Primary Children's Medical Center, which is a local children's hospital that actually spans the inner mountain region. But I, I have painted nails of patients there, little six-year-old girls who are spending time in the hospital. Well, I painted their nails. We've played in the playroom. There really are some fun opportunities there to give back. Next, you direct our focus to community gardening or even our community food bank. What can we do there?
14: Well, you know, I just think that with Utahns are experiencing spring fever, the weather's getting warmer and the talk, um, you know, amongst group of friends and such is, is about what um, we're going to be planting in our gardens this year. And um, something that I don't you know, I don't know how many people really are aware of the great community gardens that we have in our state. And there's so many different programs surrounding the community gardens. And, um, you, you know, you can go and you can volunteer and help, help make sure that everything's growing properly, spend time outdoors in the sunshine and be a part of the experience of growing your own natural organic
7: Mm -hmm. produce.
14: And, um, And, you know, with a lot of the community gardens will do, will donate any extras that they have to the local food banks, which is another great place to go and and to volunteer. I mean, there's so many opportunities out there. And um, with community gardening, one thing that I think is really cool is that you can tie in two ways of volunteering by, one, being a part of a community garden Mm -hmm. and also working, um, helping with some of the refugees that we have here, um, getting them, involved in in utilizing their skills that they've acquired in their countries in gardening and and bringing them there and and just helping them with that as well.
0: And I'm so glad you mentioned the refugee community because I think so often that's a group of people that can be overlooked when it comes to the needs and and really the skills that they hope to develop. You can even, you point out, volunteer to teach English to these individuals who are now trying to immerse themselves into our society.
14: Yes, absolutely. And actually, one of our Great volunteers. The, the volunteers here at Make a Wish also volunteers with the refugees, and he has ta- he teaches English classes. He's um, worked with the refugees and, and helped, you know, grocery shop with them and and helped you know get their pantry full of food. And you know they, they come here and and they're scared and they just it's a it's a huge new experience that they're unfamiliar with and um, volunteering and helping acclimate them to their new environment is a great way to just get involved and to help make a difference in these people's lives and, and help them figure out how they can utilize the skills that they've developed from within their culture here in our culture.
0: All great volunteer opportunities, Autumn. And before I let you go, I do want to ask you about Make-A-Wish. Obviously, you represent the Utah chapter. We're broadcasting now to a national audience. I know there are many other chapters around the country people can get involved in. You do such amazing things. And so often, I think, we see the end result of these wishes. We see children granted trips to Disneyland, or we see them being able to pair up with with a famous athlete or one of their favorite movie stars. But what can people do on a local level to get involved and support Make-A-Wish? yeah you know
14: make a wish uh, on a national level, like you said, has every chapter um, we thrive off of our volunteers i mean we we wouldn't be able to do the work that we do without our volunteers, and um there are so many different ways to get involved um For with Make-A-Wish from becoming a a wish grantor and working directly with the wish kids and their families and helping them go through the wish process and have that wonderful Make-A-Wish experience to volunteering to come in and work the front desk and answer phones or being a a wish ambassador and going out and doing check presentations or speaking on behalf of Make-A-Wish or um, being a, a wish magician and and helping facilitate some of our events that we host. And here in, in our Utah chapter, we have our um, an evening of wishes gala happening on April 27th at the Rail Event Center. And you know we're looking for volunteers to help us um, make sure that 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 event goes off beautifully. And we need help setting up. And we are looking for people to help solicit um, a silent and live auction items. So. There's so many ways. I get asked that all the time, you know, people want to know how they can be a part of Make A Wish and there's so many different ways from getting heavily involved in being a wish grantor to just coming and volunteering out and to help make an event happen, you know.
0: I'm such a fan of your program and all you do to help these these kids, help their dreams come true. So thanks for tapping into those volunteer opportunities, letting us know what's available, not just with Make-A-Wish, but in our community at large. I know Make-A-Wish has a website, Autumn. What is that? So if people want more information, they can go check it out.
14: Yeah, absolutely. Our website is utah.wish.org. And um, people can also give us a call at 801-262-WISH, which is... 9474.
0: Well, thank you so much, Autumn. We're so grateful you spared some minutes with us today to talk about this and kind of open our eyes to the volunteer opportunities that are out there. Thank you so much for having me. I
14: really appreciate it. It's been nice to speak with you.
0: Likewise. That's Autumn Thatcher, communications manager of Make-A-Wish, the Utah chapter. But, of course, as Autumn mentioned, chapters all over the country. And they do such great things for the kids in our communities. So we encourage you, if you have some time, if you're in that retirement stage and you have some minutes to spare during your week, to volunteer at one of those facilities Autumn mentioned, the elementary schools, the hospitals, the community gardening centers, or the food banks, or the refugee English classes that are going on so many ways to make good use of your time and find fulfillment in those later years. Hey, coming up, the nine-year-old philanthropist, what we can learn from his efforts. That's next on The Matt Townsend Show.
6: The light emitting diode, or LED, is 50 years old now, but it's still learning new tricks.
7: This is innovation now bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future.
6: The first LEDs were red and infrared in color, and it took years to advance our understanding of semiconductors to get to today, where they can create any color of light you want. LEDs moved from digital watches and calculators into every kind of electronic device you can think of, including TVs. Today's power thrifty LEDs are often used for flashlights, even car head and taillights. It's been a little tough using LED lights in homes, though. While they can replace the incandescent bulb and the fluorescent bulb, LED house lighting isn't always aesthetically pleasing. Many people think they look too blue or they can make nearby colors seem weak or pale. The technical terms are color temperature and color rendition index, or CRI. But University of Georgia scientists have developed a new LED that has the right color temperature and rendition index to become popular indoors. It's a blue LED with a new phosphor coating. The coating converts the blue light into very pleasant light, similar to old-fashioned incandescent bulbs, but drawing a fraction of the energy. It probably has a bright future. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino.
7: Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace, through collaboration with NASA, and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. International affairs can affect our daily lives far more than we realize. Gain detailed knowledge of world events by attending lectures from the Kennedy Center here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Kennedy Center will keep you current with solutions to the most pressing worldwide concerns suggested by top scholars from BYU and abroad. Tune in weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern for Notes from the Kennedy Center.
0: Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I am not Matt. I'm so sorry. Brooke Walker with you today, filling in for my good friend Matt Townsend as he is away enjoying some spring break vacation days with his wonderful family. I know the kids are keeping Matt and Marty busy. They've been at the pool a lot, enjoying the sunshine. So we hope he's having a great week. He will be back with you on Mondays. But my pleasure, though, to join you this week. And I hope you've enjoyed today's topic get retirement ready. So many resources that we talked about. I want to run through just a couple of those. With you in case you're just tuning in. We, of course, talked to Jack Tater. He is known as Utah's retirement coach. He has a great book and also a website to check out. And again, his name is Jack Tater. He gave us some great advice on how to get emotionally prepared for retirement. So many emotions that go into that transition. Also, we have the chance to talk to Amanda, Amanda Christensen from Utah State University Extension Services. She gave us a top 10 list of financial things to do. And of course, we direct you to the website, their website, the Utah State Extension Services website for more information on that particular topic. But really, we enjoy just getting the conversation started, helping you think toward that age and stage in life and really evaluate where you're at in terms of preparedness. Right now, taking a right turn, we wanted to leave you with what we call uh, an audio smile, if you will. Something that just maybe puts a smile on your face, lifts your heart up a little bit. I was just compelled by a video that is starting really to go viral. It's not a new video. It was posted a few months ago, a couple years ago, online. It's received thousands of hits so far, but it's picking up steam right now as the person behind this video is really pushing his passion forward. And that passion is to help other people. I want you to meet nine-year-old Zach.
13: My name is Zach, I'm six years old, and I'm a philanthropist, philanthropist, philanthropist. I got the idea at school. Each class was going to earn 86 bucks to give a wheelchair to someone, someone in another country, who needed a wheelchair, but their family couldn't afford one. Then I thought, what if I couldn't walk or run or ride my bike? That'd be hard. And then I thought, hey, I can help. I had an idea. I had the coolest, awesomest ever idea. It's perfect. I could do a lemonade stand with homemade cookies. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Does that put a smile on your face or what? That's why we call it an audio smile. And I introduced Zach as a nine-year-old. He is nine now. You heard him in that clip though. He was six when he first started this idea of Zach's shack. It was four years ago. He set up a lemonade stand to raise money to buy wheelchairs for people in need. And each year his venture known as Zach's shack has grown. Last year, he raised enough money for 15 wheelchairs. His story, as I said, put a smile on your face. We think it will do the same for you. Joining me live in the BYU Radio Studios is Zach, and he brought along his mom. Linda, how are you doing, buddy? Good. Thanks so much for coming coming in and talking to us about this today. When you first taped that piece six years ago, did you have any idea what a
13: big deal it would be? No, no, I did not.
0: It's pretty cool how fast that spread, huh? Let
13: yeah. me ask you, why did you start Zack Shack? Because my whole school was doing a thing that... Each class was trying to earn $86 to buy a wheelchair, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was really cool. So I went home to my mom and said, hey, mom, let's do a car wash and lemonade. And she's like, okay, maybe not a car wash. Let's just do cookies. (laughs) No, no, car
0: wash. We're We're going to keep it simple, Linda. Scoot right up there to the mic. So when he did come to you and say, hey, I want to do this for somebody else, Linda, what was your reaction as a mom? Um,
15: My reaction was more... I don't know, but I want you to be involved and help out, but I don't know that we are, you're going to be able to raise that much money. That's a lot of money. And he said, no, I want to do it. I want to do it. So he
0: said, okay, and we helped him out. So, I keep calling you Linda. I'm yeah, so sorry, okay. Nancy. I am so sorry. Linda,
15: Nancy. So sorry. I have a great name. producers here <laughs> yeah. are
0: keeping me on on track.
15: Please forgive me no, for that. No, that's fine. I was you just went he, with it. He also, it was 21 wheelchairs last year.
0: Good correction. Yes. Corrections all around. No, Nancy, all right. seriously, so sorry. No, you were that's so okay. gracious with that. Okay, so he comes to you with this big goal, and you say, don't know if we can do that, but we'll try. We'll but try. You and did reach the he goal. He did.
15: He did it, and he not stopped every year he wants to do more and more so we're pretty proud of him
0: now Zach I'm going to ask you an official question are you ready I'm putting on my official voice what is the secret to a successful lemonade stand
13: well first you have to have a good cause okay yes. then you have to have a good stand mm. and you have to have good cookies and that's the key. You
0: deliver on those cookies, right? Yes. I hear they're amazing. And you're going to want to go on YouTube and Google Zach's Shack. Look that up on YouTube to see his stand because his stand is also pretty cool. I understand you've had some pretty cool customers as well. Who's visited Zach's Shack?
13: Um, I've had Austin Colley, Tom Homo, Chad Lewis, and then a couple of BYU players, Richard Wilson, Ross Oppo, um... Kyle Van Noy and Taysom Hill. That must yes. have
0: been pretty fun. Those—that's a long list of names, and I understand you even offer curbside service. Yes.
13: What does that mean? So, if people can't actually come over to the stand, I go over and ask them, like, what kind of cookies they want, or what, like, how many glasses of lemonade, and then I give it to them. You he deliver. runs it right
0: on over. Yeah. Okay. You're watching this, <laughs> yeah. Nancy,
13: from a mom's perspective.
0: You've got to be so proud of what he's accomplished. And I know you've helped out a lot along the way. So I'm not going to undermine oh, your no, efforts. Oh, no, no.
15: It's any mom would do it. It's just something it makes you proud just to know that he wanted to do this. And not that we wanted to discourage him the first year, but we were a little like, I don't know, bud. We didn't want him to get disappointed. That's mm-hmm. a lot of, of money. And it's amazing that he year after year wants to do it and keep doing it and the people's help. I'm amazed every year that people buy a dollar's worth of cookie and give him $20 because everybody wants to help. It's not, it's not about the cookies. It's not about the lemonade. It's about him having a goal and wanting to help people. And it makes you proud. You think maybe we are doing something right as parents to have him want to do this, but I can't it's all him. He, he gets
0: all the credit. He's a very good boy. I can so, tell. You raised a great son, and every parent's goal is to raise compassionate yes. kids. How do you feel you've done that? I know that's putting you in a little bit of an awkward position, but how do you instill that compassion in him that makes him want to give back?
15: He, he's just been surrounded by a lot of people. He's had everyone around him loves him, lots of love everywhere he goes, and he just sees it. He's seen it his whole life that you put people first, and you love people, and you care about people, and that's what it's about. And he, even since he was a baby, he's been a very loving person. He's very kind, and he doesn't – as mo, little kids get crazy and mad, he never got mad. He's a very loving, very – wants to please you, wants to make you happy. He's, he's a very good boy.
0: Okay, Mr. Zach, what's the goal this year? I know locally here in Utah you have an event coming up this weekend. You also have a website. We're going to make sure people hear that at the end of our conversation. But I want to know, what is the goal this year?
13: More than last year, so it's 22 and over. Twenty-two or over? Do you think yes. you can do it?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I have faith in you, buddy. You have really kind of instilled uh, a motivation in everyone who comes to Zach's Shack. So thanks for stopping by to tell us about it. Again, I'm going to encourage our listeners to go to YouTube and search Zach's Shack and give us the website.
15: Tell them the website.
0: It's ItFeelsGreatToGive.com. ItFeelsGreatToGive.com. Can people give there?
15: Yeah, they can donate. There's a link there. You can just go ahead and donate and. It's a PayPal account, so it's set right up and we'll we'll know. And Zach will send you a little thank you if you
0: do. So you're doing awesome things. So thanks so much. Well, thanks for having us. Her on. name is not Linda, it's Nancy. Thank you Linda so much. Is a great Nancy, name, you're though. fantastic. And Zach of Zach Shack, thanks so much, buddy, for stopping in. <laughs> thank you. A really cool organization. And I think it's motivation for everyone, no matter how old you are. Zach's nine. He was six when he started, and look at the great things that he's doing. Well, that pretty much brings us to almost the end of our program today. We hope you have enjoyed this show. Again, I'm Brooke Walker filling in for Matt Townsend. Producers, thank you so much. You've been awesome to work with. I know we've kind of shaped things up in terms of format, but you've been you've been good to go. And did you learn anything from the show today? Oh,
2: totally. I mean, look at the impact that the little kid had. I mean, he was so cute. I wish you guys could have seen him. Just the little
0: blonde face, so yeah. happy, and his little smug smile. So cute. And that cute. video. You watched the video. Yeah. And super cute. worth watching, right? Mm-hmm. Zach Shack. We love it. Rob, thanks And so even much. if you're not
4: as ambitious as wanting to set up a shack... There's still all kinds of cool things, you know, little kids can go do.
0: Totally. Did you have a lemonade stand when you were younger? Did you ever no. do that?
4: I had a little brother who uh, took gravel from the driveway and tried to sell it to the neighbors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> not quite as delicious as Zach's cookies, right? No. He maybe didn't good. raise quite as much money. What about you, Bryce? Ever did a lemonade stand?
3: I had a Popsicle stand Ooh. because it was pretty hot growing up in Houston. How and did so that I f- go over? Um, It was probably a loss, but mm. um, I didn't really have my accounting down at that point in my life. So yeah. have. Any amount of money was a profit, as far the as the hotter concerned. the weather, the more he <laughs> ate the profit. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, but I remember drawing up on like a white piece of computer paper this little menu. It had little Debbie brownies on there that i was trying to sell for two dollars now mind you i think a whole box of a dozen little brownies is like
3: a dollar right. 86 <laughs> so i was
0: really trying to capitalize right make a profit and i drew out the brownie i drew out the sucker that i was selling for a dollar the can of pop that my mom never knew where they went when they went missing but i was selling them to the neighbors i was totally an entrepreneur what a crack up <laughs> you guys you've been awesome to hang out with this week so thank you so much again matt townsend back on monday i believe is that right rob
4: and uh, Kim Stilson in tomorrow.
0: Awesome. So a great show lined up with Kim tomorrow and tune in when Matt returns on Monday. Be sure to give him a warm welcome, you guys, for me, okay?
3: We'll, we'll take him back.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure you'll welcome him with open arms. He's going to come sporting what I know will be a serious killer tan. I'm Brick Walker. It's been my pleasure to be with you today on The Matt Townsend Show. Have an enjoyable afternoon and evening. You've been listening to Sirius XM 143 on BYU Radio.